0: From the tie Cats Audio Network, this is the Tie Cats this week with RJ Broadhead
1: and Luke Tasker. Great to have you listening to Tie Cats this week with RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker. Luke, it's uh, you know an zero and two start for the Tiger Cats, not ideal, but I'll get right into it. And I don't know if you used to do it as a team or as players but I broke down the season into thirds In the first six games, there's only one game against an East division opponent. So, you know, right now the Tiger cats after two losses, aren't in a bad position in the East division because Toronto is the only team with a win coming into this week. And that middle six, those middle six games this season, in my opinion, are the make it or break it of the season. Those six games, four of them are against Toronto, two of them are against Montreal, all East division. And, they got to win those games. So ideally, they come out of these first six games close to 500, maybe above 500. We'll see how it goes. But those middle six games against Toronto and Montreal, would you agree that those divisional games are the ones that the Tiger Cats have to win?
0: Yes. And to your first question, I 100% players think of that, too. You break down that 18 game into sort of a more digestible uh, you know, uh, alignment of, of games and you, you kind of got to think your way through how things are going to take shape, you know, tied for second after being 0 and two.
1: <laughs> last, <laughs> like you but have, I like you, the tied for second.
0: <laughs> yeah. You have an, O. you have a, uh, you have a, uh, 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 if the season ended, you'd have a home playoff game you know, I guess there'd have to be a tiebreaker, but, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Strange, strange circumstance to find yourself in, but that middle stretch is going to be fascinating. I mean, the amount of times to play Toronto and there, uh, there's, a decent chance that somebody in the East may have their playoff or no playoffs sealed, you know, by the end of that, 12, of that middle season, that middle six, you know, and, uh, yeah, this this early half here, there's a lot of figuring out happening across the East and and a, a lot still to be known.
1: Well, there there certainly is, and, and the Tiger Cats could easily be 2-0 as well. The last three minutes against Saskatchewan didn't go well, and in all honesty, probably should have put that game away against Calgary, and they play Winnipeg in Winnipeg, which is a tough spot, but Winnipeg at 2-0, they could be, 0-2. Oh, Ottawa played them so tough. Statistically, Ottawa's numbers were better than Winnipeg's. They had better time of possession. They put it up a ton of offense led by Jeremiah Masoli. But, you know, the champs, they just find a way to win. They know how to win those close games. And big offensive numbers for Ottawa, but not a lot of points. Yeah. I think, I think
0: the truth of that is though, that to, to be watching uh, as a red black fan I mean you could have your equal frustrations but in some ways they're a little bit closer to having things figured out uh than the Ticats I mean the Ticats have kind of had one good half of football offensively out of the four that have been played Ottawa I mean Jeremiah was always something like 700 yards over the over the two uh contests with uh, with Winnipeg and on the flip side of that Winnipeg I mean people are I'm actually surprised at the negativity that we're seeing about Winnipeg because it only matters if you win or lose. Yeah. And it's almost, it's almost a Testament to the leadership, both, both from the coaching staff into the field. It's almost a Testament to uh, their, their, uh, experience and the sort of the character and depth of the team that they're winning the games without playing very well. I'm almost more impressed by that. Where I think a lot of people are saying, "Well, why aren't we? Why aren't why aren't we?" Meaning the Winnipeg fans and the and the uh, and the and the uh, commentators there. Why aren't we looking as good as we maybe thought we were? Well, for me, you know, uh, in the Ticat world as an opponent of of the Blue Bombers, boy, they're winning. They're winning without playing very well. Uh, uh, they've kind of, that, that's a great place to learn from and to kind of get your, get yourself to a place where you want to be heading into that second part of the season compared to Ottawa and Hamilton, who, uh, uh, you know, maybe have at times shown a few things here or there, but have not been able to put the, to, to turn them into wins. So uh, yes, to your point also Winnipeg is a tough place to go and play. So is Sask. Uh, so is Edmonton and Calgary. I mean, it's all, you know, th- there's a lot of difficult uh, places to go into. And so, I don't know, uh, just, just the next uh, challenge. Like you've heard a lot of the players reiterate throughout the week.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they're so good at putting um, upsetting moments behind them and moving on and looking forward. And again, as Ticats fans, do not hit the panic button. These first six games, it, it's a bonus in in my opinion. Those next six, crucial that the Tiger Cats win. The other thing I've been <laughs> thinking of a lot, about, a lot about this week, Luke, is, is the fourth quarters. And the, the only thing I'm going to ask you is It other teams making adjustments and the Tiger cats, not reacting to those adjustments. Have you been able to, to figure out what's going on? Because I know the team's searching for, for answers. Uh,
0: It it may be adjustments to to be honest, not tangibly enough to the point where I could point one out though. I, I think it's a level of of uh, aggressiveness in terms of, of, of on field play and play calling that, that I think you need to double down on. I, once you start playing a defensive offense, um, you know, or, or, or a, or a preventative defense, I just think, I just think that's not the answer in the CFL. I think when, once you're ahead, you have to keep on getting ahead and, um, uh, I, I said it in Sask especially, though the, great, the, the biggest and the hardest comeback for Ticat fans was here at Tim Hortons Field. In Sask, I think in out West, it's especially hard to come back uh, for, uh, if you start off uh, down. So the flip side of that, if you can get off and, and play a good first half, you have to play that, keep that aggressive uh, uh, play-call mentality uh, that, that, that gets you those early points and, and keep and keep doubling down on, on, on a winning strategy.
1: Is that the secret to success on Friday against Winnipeg? Well, didn't I say in the first two
0: weeks that I wanted a fast start? And I find I got yeah. that in week two, and that, I guess that wasn't <laughs> the key to success. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was such an impressive offensive uh, first quarter and second quarter uh, for the Ticats at Tim Wharton's Field. Um, you know, it, 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 you wish you could find something that wasn't obvious, that wasn't the simple answer, but you cannot turn the ball over, um, especially, uh, in, in the, uh, scoring end with the interception last week at Tim Hortons field. And then no matter where it is on the field, if, it, if you get, if it's a, if it's a fumble or a strip that goes back for a touchdown, doesn't matter how many yards it was, you know, it just, uh, it's that costly. So got to have great some ball security out West. Um, I am going to go back to my. To my uh, to my tone that I've had throughout the season, I I do still want to see a fast start uh in uh, uh the same kind of same kind of first quarter we saw against Calgary at home, uh that that they lacked in Saskatchewan. You cannot get off to the bad start uh, out west again in Winnipeg.
1: And they have to be able to capitalize on points, something we saw Ottawa not able to do against the the Winnipeg defense. Some some good news for the Tiger Cats. It Looks like Dylan Wynn is back. I know you love talking about him. What's he going to bring to this, this defense? Uh,
0: especially in the the early drives of the second half, uh, Bo Levi Mitchell and his offense started to piece together some successful uh, offensive drives, and uh, the screen the screen passes and the run game were part of that. And uh, Dylan Wynn is a crucial factor in preventing both of those. Um, uh, obviously, especially in the run game, he's a huge disruption uh him back and him back healthy which we hope that he is and uh, of course that's the discretion of Dylan Wynn and and the staff and into that timing but i would assume that that he's ready to go uh and the reason i say that is early on i don't think it's the time to force that issue if a guy is not ready i i, I have I can just think back over my career in times where injuries i felt like i handled right and injuries that uh, I maybe pushed the envelope on too quickly coming back that lingered and had an effect on my uh, impact for the team throughout the season. so a guy like Dylan, Wynn, you need him healthy uh, October, November, uh, but he's back in the lineup and you can assume that that means that he's ready to go. And I, I do expect it to look a little bit different uh, uh, up front this weekend.
1: Man, don't you think he'd be a tough guy to keep out of the lineup, even if he's not a hundred percent? Yeah. Well, some,
0: and some guys are like that and you gotta, and you gotta, that's sports psychology too you got to know what, what what kind of player you're dealing with uh, but he's also experienced enough now and yeah. you, know, you and I love that demeanor that he brings to the field but he does have the experience to understand what's in, what's truly important in the long run uh, and i'm sure and i'm sure that uh, understanding has prevailed here as well
1: uh, some bad news the offensive line just can't get any good breaks yeah. brandon revenberg who really i think he's only missed one game in his career he's he's uh, ill and he won't be able to play. And, you know, he's just been a, a constant on that offensive line. You never really have to worry about him being out of the lineup. And, uh, you know, he's, he plays, for the most part, mistake-free football. I can't think of many mistakes he's ever made. So that, that's, again, on that offensive line. Kay Okafor, who has experience, will, will step in there. But you've got a perennial all-star in, in Ravenberg. That, that's a big blow to the, the offensive line, Luke.
0: Yeah, and not the first one they've had early on this season. And Revenberg and Chris Van Zyl are sort of are the anchors there, uh, based on experience and uh, I mean and, and performance. They've both been all stars and uh, uh, runner up for for most outstanding linemen and winner of most outstanding linemen, with Chris Chris Van Zyl. Chris Van Zyl. So that's a tough one. And he is uh, uh, Revenberg has been incredibly durable throughout his career and not to say injury free, but able to perform with the injuries he's had and a strange one, you know, a strange circumstance that the tight ends have to deal with now, but it's not, it's not one area of adversity. It'll be the other. And so, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to put up with it one way or back and you get uh, a guy like Dylan went back and you lose a guy like Revenberg for hopefully no more than a week. Uh, but uh, still, still, plenty of you're right. Okafor has, has does also have plenty of experience himself too. So hopefully that they can maintain some cohesiveness there.
1: Yeah, and no doubt a challenge against that Winnipeg defense, which is one of the best. I know the uh, Tiger Cats want to get that that title back all around. The other um, lineup update that stood out to me was Braylon Addison being a game time decision which you want to get the ball to Braylon Addison. He's a playmaker. He's been terrific so far this year. If he can't go, the only two backup receivers in the lineup are Tyler Ternowski, who was just activated off the injured list, and Keandre Smith, who has never caught a CFO pass yet. So that goes from Addison, one of the most experienced and valuable receivers, to a lot of inexperience that's got to got to go in there again against a a Winnipeg defense so that's something I know we'll be keeping an eye on to see if Addison's good to go look
0: yeah and and I think very highly of Braylon Addison it probably comes out in the broadcast I would imagine people can sense that obviously I played with him I I think he's a true difference maker uh he's a kind of kind of football player who has a knack for knowing when a big play is needed he's just he's a guy who he's just got an x factor to him there's something about him that makes him great uh apart from his physical ability and when he catches the ball there's a there's a quickness and an explosion upfield that i really admire about the way he plays uh and so that's a loss at 100 and 2000 uh 2000 and the 2021 season was, was uh, a struggle, uh, for Braylon as he, as he was up and down with injuries throughout the year. Um, game time decision kind of makes me feel like if there, if, if it's something if it's the circumstances are such, he has to miss this week. You can kind of think, you can kind of hope that maybe it's only one week or he'll be back quickly, or it's something that he can, uh, we can kind of deal with and, 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 and sort of, uh, uh, work with, um, an encouraging thing on that core, though, is, is the amount of guys who caught passes last week. I mean, really before the end of the second quarter, Dane Evans was finding both both whites, Pappy and Tim, <laughs> Stephen Dunbar, Jr., for, for an incredible uh, touchdown pass. Um, David Unger had a beautiful explosive play down the middle. Um there are a lot of tools, but but it'll you know losing one of the most experienced and one of the most talented is going to be hard. Um, I think in that group, that may be a position group that can overcome uh, that and still have a productive night.
1: Well, we'll see if Stephen Dunbar can make it three straight games with a touchdown. Luke, you have a, an extremely busy day. You were a game time decision for Ticats this week, and, <laughs> and you came through. You came through big time.
0: Yeah, no uh, no earbuds or microphone for me. We're on the fly. But you know what, RJ? Adversity, you know, it comes and goes. You just roll on, man. You know, we, we made it work.
1: <laughs> I love it. Excellent job, Luke. Good chatting with you. And we'll, we'll see you at the game. Uh, looking forward to it. It's a big one against Winnipeg. In Winnipeg, that would uh, really, after a disappointing loss against Calgary, everything would be gone and everything would be rainbows and happiness if they can go to Winnipeg and, and get this victory
0: the Ticat world would be set right and all wrongs forgotten. If, if, uh, if they can go to Winnipeg and get a W that would put things uh, back on track big time.
1: Awesome. For Luke Tasker, I'm RJ Broadhead. This was Ticats this week. And remember the game is at 8:30 Eastern time as the Ticats visit the Winnipeg blue bombers. We'll have the call for you at 8:30 Eastern time on the Ticats audio network. It's been
0: another busy week for your Hamilton Tiger Cats. Luke Tasker and RJ Broadhead have covered it all, and now we would like to hear from you. Email us anytime at game at TieCats.ca. Subscribe to the Ty Cats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.